We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. It's Pack-A-Day, the Pack-A-Day podcast, 24-7, 365 days a year, and we are here on a Wednesday, August 1st, 2018, and finally we can say this, there's going to be football until February. So joining us right now from Cheesehead TV is, of course, Andy Herman, our owner and savior, and Jacob Morley. Gentlemen, good evening. Good evening. How's it going, Jake? All right. It's great to have you guys. So let's jump into it. We had some breaking news happen uh, early this afternoon. Linebacker Jake Ryan, one of our best tacklers the last couple of years, he is out with a torn ACL right now. So, uh, Jacob, let's start with you. What uh, what are you thinking right now uh, with the loss of Jake Ryan? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. And Andy and I were just talking about this off air. Jake Ryan's a, a good player. Don't get me wrong. I tweeted this out today, but Ross and I talked about this a couple of days ago. And mm-hmm. Ross made a really good point, actually. He's, you know, Jake Ryan being on this team or not being on this team is not going to make or break this defense. Would it be nice to have him still? Absolutely. He's, he's a solid player. He's assignment sure. But I'm, I'm really curious to see what Oren Burks can bring to the table. Because honestly, I think a lot of Jake Ryan's success is 
coming straight up from Ken, having Kenny Clark in front of him, having Mike Daniels in front of him, and now adding Muhammad Wilkerson to the mix. As far as uh, a first, second down linebacker, those guys are not that hard to find. Jake Ryan is a good one, but I think he is a guy that they can really mitigate some of the loss that they have with him. Um, Andy, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. No, I, I totally agree with you. I've been kind of grinding the tape a little bit on Jake Ryan. I'm going to have a piece coming out for Cheesehead TV on him uh, this Friday. Uh, I think, as you mentioned, he's a really good run defender. I, I thought Ross said it perfectly as well the other day when he said, you know, the defense isn't going to make or break on whether or not Jake Ryan plays. But this is a game uh, where you really fight the war of attrition. And when you lose one of your top 53 players before the very first preseason game, before even family night, uh, it's certainly a tough pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. He actually was one of the top uh, four remaining players left on this team uh, in regards to special team snaps from a season ago. Uh, so he uh, is going to be missed greatly in that regards. You miss uh, you miss one of your top run defenders. You miss one of your top special teams players. And, and re- now you're a Blake Martinez injury away uh, from being basically a rookie in Oren Burks and a completely unknown, undrafted player as your remaining inside linebacker. So this wasn't a, a position of tremendous depth. And uh, losing Jake Ryan certainly hurts that. But I I think there's uh, some ways to replace that. I think Oren Burks, as you mentioned, uh, is going to be primed to fill that role. And you really have to look at this as uh, a perfect scenario for a a unproven or uh, even potentially an undrafted or rookie player to come into. You have Clay Matthews and Nick Perry who are phenomenal at setting the edge on the outside and really funneling things into the middle. And then you're playing behind really the strength of this defense. When you talk about Dean Lowry, Muhammad Wilkerson, uh, Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, and Montrevious Adams rotating in in front of you, uh, this is a great spot to be in behind those players with the edge setters that you got. And Haha Clinton Dix, um, he's had his faults over the co- course of the last couple of years, but he is really assignment sure from a, a run tackling standpoint. Uh, he doesn't give up very big plays in the run game. Uh, so if if the middle linebacker is unproven and isn't used to that, and, and the running back or whoever ever it is gets pie, by him, uh, Haha Clinton Dix is going to be there to clean things up. So that he's coming in, whoever it is, to a very good situation, but but certainly Jake Ryan's going to be missed. As you see, Packer fans, we definitely do not panic here on uh, Pack-A-Day podcast, 24-7, 365 days a year. Of course, we're only in August 1st, so we're just getting this thing rolling, and so are the Green Bay Packers. In fact, I got a little game for you two right now, and uh, it's time to play this game. It is called Underrated or Overrated. Now, we are going to go through 10 Green Bay Packer players currently on the roster. I am going to uh, just give you out a player, and I'm going to ask you if it's underrated or overrated. One of you guys can just jump out, give your take for about a good minute, back and forth, and then we'll jump on to the next. Gentlemen, you ready to go? I'm ready. So probably one of my favorite safeties that came out of the University of Alabama, HaHa Clinton Dix. Or underrated or overrated? All right, I'm going to start things off. I am going to say that HaHa Clinton Dix is overrated. Um, Woo! So- From a last season standpoint, uh, to me, that was very much the case. He was actually my lowest graded defensive player on the team last year. Uh, For those who don't know, I went through kind of pro football focus style. I graded every player on every play, every snap throughout the entirety of the season. And for me, Clinton Dix graded as the lowest graded defensive player uh, in totality. So uh, that is obviously going to be something that I'm going to view him as an overrated player. He ranked as the top 100, uh, actually was 100th overall in the NFL's top 100 list of players. And I just didn't see him in that capacity at at all. He was obviously better the the previous year uh, when he went to the Pro Bowl. Uh, 
when I went back and I looked at that tape, I thought he was solid, but I didn't think he was spectacular. It certainly was better than he was this past season. But I think what was most frustrating, uh, you go back and look at, at a couple of the games this year, towards the end of the season, Minnesota, Detroit games, he looked like he was completely checked out. Uh, the, you know, the coaching staff was on him a little bit towards the end of the season. Uh, and it just didn't seem like he was really doing his part. So that was frustrating. He's got a really big season coming up. It's his last season on contract with the Packers. Uh, it's a contract year for him. I'm hoping he bounces back big. But at this point, I'm going to go with overrated. Yeah. and. uh Jake, you're not going to like, I, I saw, I heard that reaction, but you're not going to like my take either then, because I agree with you, Andy. I think, I think he's an overrated player right now, pretty neutral on him. Cause I don't think, I don't think he's not a bad player. I think, he, well, there were stretches last year where he was downright bad, but we've also seen him play really well. But I think the thing with ha ha is he's never going to be a superstar. I just don't feel that way. I know he was taken with the 21st overall pick, but you and you can't you can't compare this guy to like a Nick Collins or a Charles Woodson. He just does not make those types of splash plays. I think Haha Clinton Dix at his best, he is a very solid uh, safety. He's a very good player to have on the back end. He's assignment sure. I, I believe he's an effective communicator, but he just doesn't have the athletic profile to really be an Earl Thomas or an Eric Weddle. He and we haven't really seen it. The interceptions that he has had have been kind of, you know, if you want, for lack of a better term, he's been kind of cherry-picking on him. He's been in the right spot. He still makes the play like a solid player should, um, but he's just not the field tilter, I think, that people really expected him to be on the back end, or people didn't really expect. I mean, I know when he was taken 21st overall, he he kind of has materialized to what I think people honestly kind of thought he would be. A solid player, well-coached, coming out of Alabama, but he just kind of is what he is. One thing I like about him still and looking at this stuff, I look at the salary cap too. Right now, he's he's his cap hit this year is five point nine million. Last year of his deal, it will be really interesting to see what kind of deal he demands after this year. I think this year will dictate that. But I think he is a little bit overrated, and I think he may be the type of player that goes out under the free market and is asking for maybe a little bit more than what the Packers are willing to take or willing to pay. I, I would have to actually agree with you, gentlemen. I do actually feel like he's a little bit overrated. I mean, he started, he came out his rookie year, looked great, but Morgan Burnett was the guy that was really helping him. And without Morgan Burnett now, now he's going to fill in that role. I feel like Josh Jones is a little more mature or if they bring in somebody else. So I'm going to go overrated on this. I know we're shocking Packer Nation. Uh, I think this one has, uh, this one's going to be interesting. Number nine. Nick Perry, underrated or overrated? Should we get the club out? Uh gosh. So Nick Perry is an interesting one, real interesting one. I, you know, I, I do some draft work at Arrowhead Pride, so I have a lot of Chiefs fans that are, that I'm buddies with, and so actually, there's some guys I was talking to them about. Haha was one. Nick Perry was another, and just to kind of get their perspective on the outside looking in, uh, a lot of those guys were just kind of like, isn't he? Isn't he just hurt all the time? And yeah. I mean, your response is kind of. Yeah, he kind of is. Um, so I would say Nick Perry, from the grand scheme of things, yeah, he's over. He is overrated. Now, to be fair to Nick Perry, when he is injured or when when he's not injured and when he is right, he is a dominant force. But you have to take all that stuff into consideration. And I believe he's had a club on his hand for almost probably almost as many games as he has has played. He doesn't have a crazy contract for an edge rusher. His cap hit is ten point seven million this year. Um, and I saw someone break it down, and I don't know if it was this year or last year, but we were kind of talking about, okay, so 
judging how much people, you know, how much the NFL values sacks, how much is a sack worth in the NFL? And I believe the final number was NFL teams are willing to pay about $3 million per sack. So Nick Perry technically is playing above that $10 million cap hit because he's a pretty consistent seven to eight sack a year guy. I think if he could stay healthy, he could easily get rid of that overrated uh, tag. But as of right now, he's just he's too injured for me to say that, A, he's worth that contract and B, that he's appreciated where he should be. I think maybe he's even a little bit inflated. But honestly, I think I don't think that's going to shock Packer Nation. I think a lot of even even your average, you know, uh, grandpas that well, I watch the Packers on Sunday and they, they do nothing else. You're going to notice yeah, Nick Perry's always hurt. I would say, yes, Nick Perry injured, but overrated. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to pretty much agree with everything there. I would say when he's healthy, he's pretty much rated correctly. You know, solid number two edge rusher, not dominant, solid, not spectacular. Uh, But I I think overall, because of his lack of consistency, his inability to stay healthy, he's had the club on his hand. It it seems like something different comes up every year. He hasn't really been able to finish a season. Uh, So I think uh, I'm going to go a little bit overrated based on that. But again, when I think he's healthy, most people, like you said, understand exactly what he is. And and that's a really good football player. Not not phenomenal, but really good. And uh, and he's certainly still worth what he what he brings to this team when he's healthy. I'm going to go overrated as well. I feel like uh, that. They tried to pay him as one of the best linebackers. It really hasn't worked out. He's been injury plagued. He does have a make or break year right now with Mike Patton and his new defensive staff. So we'll find out there. Number eight, the face of the Packers defense for the last couple of years. And that is, of course, Clay Matthews. Underrated or overrated? All right, I'll jump on this one first. I'm going to say it, it depends massively on who you ask. I think he's one of the more polarizing figures. I think there's a certain piece of Packer Nation that still believes uh, he's this Pro Bowl level, you know, almost Hall of Fame caliber edge rusher through the course of his career. And that certainly hasn't been the case over the course of the last few seasons. I think there's another, you know, hardcore group of fans who have kind of gone so far in the other direction that they believe that Clay Matthews uh, is, isn't even worth being on the team, that he shouldn't be on the, on the team based on the salary that he's getting. Um, you know, similar to to what happened with Jordy Nelson. I think there's people that wanted to see Clay Matthews released based on the cap number that he had because uh, he hasn't been playing at that level. Um, so I'm going to actually go slightly underrated at this point uh, based on some of that. I think he's still a really solid overall player. I think he can be a playmaker. But if you're going to line him up against some of the best uh, left tackles and right tackles in football down after down, he certainly just doesn't have uh, that ability anymore to play at that level. I think you have to be very creative with him. I think you have to blitz him in unique ways. I actually thought Dom Capers did a fairly decent job of that with him over the course of the last few years. But I think that's something that they're going to have to continue to do, play him a little bit at inside linebacker, play him at outside linebacker, be creative with him. And I think that kind of gets his juices going as well. And I I think he likes some of those plays where he can get matched up with guards or fullbacks or tight ends rather than some of these upper echelon left and right tackles in the league. And that's, and you you hit the nail on the head too. And I hope, I hope we don't agree on every single one, but (laughs) um, the notes, the notes I have here, the first thing I have written down is, overrated by the NFL, underrated by Packers fans. Mm -hmm. And let me unpack that. I think Clay Matthew is still, he's got the Matthews last name. He's got the hair. He's got the endorsements. He's got all that stuff. Um, So people, your average fan is going to know who Clay Matthews is. If you're talking about the Green Bay Packers, Clay Matthews is going to be one of the first three people that, that, that anyone out there can name. Now, 
is he that type of player? His first his first five, six seasons were were Hall of Fame-esque. Like, they really were. Um, but he just hasn't been that guy lately, like like Andy was just talking about. I'll, like, I'll just reiterate what he said. So much to the point that Packers fans wanted him gone. Like, are you kidding me? No, he's still – he is still a guy – that will give you two to three games a year where he is just an absolute problem. He doesn't come as consistently anymore. Um, he's injured quite a bit, and he is the type of guy that when he is injured, there's a noticeable drop-off. But if you can keep him healthy, if you can keep him fresh, he's still a guy that you want on your team. Um, his cap hit is $11.3 million this year, which that's – it's not cheap, but for an edge rusher, it's about the going rate of a guy that that can get you some sacks. And I still think Clay's got a guy. If he can stay healthy, I still think he's a twelve to fourteen sack a year guy. And if especially, I'm super excited what Petten will do with him. You could easily make the case that Nick Perry and Clay Matthews are by far and away the the best two bookends that Mike Petten has had as a defensive coordinator. Um, and I know a lot of people are very concerned about the outside linebacker position, but. Penton has done a lot more with a lot less. So I, I completely agree with Andy. I would say he's he's underrated, especially in Packer Nation. I'm going to go slightly overrated until I see something with Mike Penton and I see that leadership quality that I saw in his first six years. Uh, he's been injury riddled the last couple of years. So got to stay healthy. Work well in Petten's defense and see what we can do with him going forward. So. Does it not? Does it not still give you chills when you hear when you think of Kevin Green in your head saying it is time? <laughs> yeah, it's down. Oh my gosh, it still I, gives me goosebumps. Man, I loved him as linebackers coach. That was one of my favorites. Uh, another one of my favorites. Guy broke out last year. Blake Martinez, underrated or overrated? Um, I'll start with that one, but I think uh, I think Blake is is underrated um especially you know last year he kind of broke out last year in kind of an abysmal year that there wasn't a lot to root for especially especially on that defense but he kind of was um he's an up-and-coming guy he's still on his rookie contract so he's dirt cheap he's not he's seven seven twenty five you know is what he's is what his cap is he started to make more plays last year in the passing game which is exciting because that's really where you separate yourself as a linebacker we already talked about that with jake ryan um, that's really the difference between those two guys. They're both good, really good on first and second down. Uh, Martinez is looking like he's kind of starting to develop into a guy that can, that has a pretty good feel in the passing game. Now he's not a crazy good athlete, but you can tell he's a very studious player last year. And, you, and, and the way you can tell that is between his first and his second year, you can really see how, you know, he didn't get faster. He did, he did not, he did not be, maybe become much of a better athlete, but he looked like a completely different athlete on the field. And the reason for that is because you can just tell the game has the game really slowed down for him in his second year. He's he stayed healthy last year, which is uh, we just talked about two guys that have a hard time with that, so that can't be just written off. So I'm really excited to see what he can do in year three. If he can make a similar jump from year one to year two into year three, I think we're talking about fringe, you know, Pro Bowl type player. So as of right now, I think a lot of people around the NFL maybe don't know a ton about Blake Martinez. Packers fans probably are, are, are certainly pretty excited about him. So I would say Blake is, is, is underrated at this point in his career. 
I knew we weren't going to agree on everyone across the board. I'm going to actually go with Blake Martinez being a little bit overrated. I think that's mostly in Packer Nation. You know, I heard a lot that he broke out last season. You kind of just mentioned it as well. But to the point where people were starting to say that he was uh, a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker, and I didn't see it at that point. Uh, The NFC has a lot of really talented inside linebackers, uh, whether it be Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekly, the list goes on and on. And uh, I don't put him in that that category yet as a Pro Bowl linebacker. I thought he made strides. I thought he made improvements. But he was in position uh, at times to make plays last season, and he didn't always make th- those mm-hmm. big plays. And I think that's where he has to be better. He's got to become a playmaker if he really wants to rise to that level. I love the improvement from year one to year two. I agree that I think he has a lot of potential to make that jump again from year two to year three. Uh, but this is a guy, he started all 16 games, one sack, one forced fumble, one interception, um, 94 tackles, which is a nice number of tackles. He had the the green dot on his helmet, so he was kind of in control of the defense at a lot of, a lot of the points in the game. Uh, was a three-down linebacker, so there's a lot to like here. I don't think he's this massively overrated player. Uh, but going back to my grades again, I actually had him graded in the negative last year. He actually graded slightly below Jake Ryan for me, which uh, wasn't the case the vast majority of the year. He had a couple bad games at the end of the year that put him down in that category. He was actually uh, rated in the positives for the majority of the year, but uh, the last few games kind of brought him down. But overall, I thought he's a really nice player. He's on the up and come, but I don't think he's really to the level yet where people quite think he is. I think he's slightly overrated as well. Uh, Yes, he went from 69 tackles to 144, but the season was lost. Uh, The defense was out there a lot because of the inept offense that the Packers had the last six games last year. So I feel like this is a make or break year for Blake Martinez. Uh, Let's jump to this because this one has been very intriguing uh, pretty much since we've heard his name called in the draft. Kenny Clark, underrated or overrated? Sure. I'll jump in on that one. I'm going to go with Kenny Clark being underrated. I actually thought uh, he was the best defensive player on the team last year. I had him graded ahead of Mike Daniels. I thought he was that good, that fast. I thought he was consistent both in the run game and in the pass game and was the most consistent overall player through the course of the season. Had he not gotten hurt, uh, because you could definitely tell there was a little bit of a slowdown after he had gotten hurt, I believe it was in the Tampa uh, Tampa Bay game last year. Uh, After that, he slowed down a little bit, but he was the most consistent player through and through. He's just almost impossible to move in the middle of the field. Uh, but he, uh, I actually did an article on him earlier in the off season uh, about who he reminded me of. He reminds me a lot of uh, the former Viking, Kevin Williams, mm-hmm. uh, very unmovable in the run game, uh, enough wiggle and get off in the pass game to still affect that side of it. Kevin Williams was an all pro player. Uh, Kenny Clark is still what, 22 years old. And, yep. and he's just so phenomenally good at such a young age. Uh, he is somebody that is is ready to break out and show the world what he's all about. I think he's underrated, and I think he's still getting even way better, which is a scary thought. Terrifying. He's <laughs> Yeah, you, you mentioned he's 22 years old. I think he's still younger than five or six guys that they just drafted, and he's going into year three. So, it, yeah, I, I completely agree. He's he's underrated, but not by guys in that building. I tell, I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of plays a, an, an unheralded type position as well. Um, you saw Mike Daniels kind of took some time to get some recognition that he deserved. And I think Kenny Clark is kind of the same way. Now, granted, Kenny Clark was a first round pick. Those guys typically they can pick up a little bit of steam a little bit uh, quicker. But he is so he's uh, he, he's one of the guys that I'm most excited about 
uh, moving forward. He really showed some juice last year in the, as a pass rusher as well, especially towards the end of the year. He kind of came on. So that's that's really exciting because that's something I honestly thought he never would be. I hated, I hated this pick when it initially happened. I was so upset. And it might have been because I was a little bit spurned from the Dayton Jones pick a few years earlier. But I wanted I wanted Chris Jones real bad um, at that position. And Miles Jack was there too. I know that's kind of the popular one. You know, Chris Jones ended up going to the Chiefs, who he's he's a young stud too. But I don't think as far as interior defensive linemen under the age of 25. I think you'd be really hard pressed to find find a lot find many guys that you would take over Kenny Clark right right now or today. So mm-hmm. I think he's very underrated. And I don't think I don't think he's going to stay underrated for very much longer. Vastly underrated. I think he's going to break out this year. He's going to probably be one of the best run stoppers in the NFL. It may sound like a hot take, but I'm going to go with it. I'm going also going to go with this one. Mike Daniels underrated or overrated? He's you know what, Michael, Mike Daniels, I just referenced him a little bit. I'm going to go off the script here a little bit. This is the only one I did this on. But I think Mike Daniels, like, he's he's just right. What is it? Is that the uh, Goldilocks and the three little bit? He's just right. You know, he gets he gets enough pub for what he is. He, because, I mean, he, he this is a guy, this is like, how, how tall? He's probably, what, 5'10", 3'10". Goofy looking guy, right? But he is so dang effective. And... I think people understand what he is and they, and he gets the record. He's been on the top 100 list, but voted by his peers the last couple of years. So he, he's a stud. I think he's pretty well known. He does it all. The average fan knows who Mike Daniels is. He's, he's kind of got a loud mouth. He kind of promotes himself pretty well in that way. So he's, he's a stud. I love Mike Daniels. I think he gets the record, every bit of recognition he gets, he deserves it. He's been that tone setter on defense for a couple of years now. Ever since that that scoop and score his rookie year, I think a lot of us could kind of tell that he had something a little bit special to him, especially because he came out the same year as Jarrell Worthy and, you know, was a, a later pick than him, but just outplayed him. He does have – he's got a higher cap number. He's got – he's almost at $10 million a year, but I think that's about the going right for a guy like him. He's a guy that, you know, he's, he's going to knock someone in the teeth and get you about five sacks a year, pair him next to Kenny Clark, and I think, like I said, I think he's just about right. I agree with that 100%. Uh, Mike Daniels, if you're listening, that was Jacob Morley that said you're funny looking. Just for the record, <laughs> I think you're a very handsome man. So uh, that was Jacob Morley. You can find him on Twitter. What is it? At Jake Morley. Yeah, at Jacob. Well, yeah, no, yeah, at Jake Morley. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's the one. No, you can I, find him there. That's can where you can, can we edit that out? That's that was that wasn't me thinking. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mike. Other than that, I, I agree with Jake. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh, yeah sit by and say that Jake crushed it. I'm going to I'm going to have to just I'm going to say slightly overrated. Um I want to see more out of him. He has a great opportunity to become captain of this uh defense. So pretty much show it on the D-line, get Mahalo Wilkerson involved and go from there. Uh probably one of the best blindside tack uh left tackles, David Bakhtiari. Underrated, overrated. Uh, I'm going to go with underrated. Uh, you hit it on the head. One of the best blindside tackles in all of football. Uh, he should be an all pro by now. He's exactly what you want as a left tackle in today's NFL. Uh, there's probably better. I mean, there's not probably. There's better run blocking left tackles in the league. Uh, but to me, he's the best pass blocking left tackle. And there isn't a, a player in the league that I'd rather have on Aaron Rodgers' uh, left side than David Bakhtiari. So I'm going to go with underrated. Jacob, Sorry. you got a fairy tale for us? 
No, <laughs> no, I got no more fairy tales besides, yeah, well, maybe I'll think of something. He, so <laughs> Bocciari is underrated. You, he was what, a fourth, fourth, fifth round pick, whatever he was. You don't find guys, you don't find left tackles that late. And that for, that's the only reason I feel like he is not a, a guy that's talked about, I mean, as the top left tackle in the game, because he was not a top 10 pick. Cause typically that's where you get those guys at. He's he's plays a premium position and he's one of the best three in the league at it. Super underrated. I can't. I have nothing else to say. I'll, I'll leave with this. He's got this as far as his contract. He essentially has the same contract as Eric Fisher in Kansas City. Um, so he's a steal there too. I mean, you can't. You can't. Uh, he, he, David Bakhtiari rules. Like he's yeah. he's he's super underrated. I love David Bakhtiari. I haven't seen a great left tackle like that since Jack Clifton. So definitely vastly underrated. Love that guy. I also am shocked by this guy. They paid him all the money he wanted. Devontae Adams, underrated or overrated? Man, Devontae's, you know, he's an interesting one. Now, we know all about Devontae's fancy footwork and his uh, his exceptional route running. I'm actually going to say he is he's a slightly underrated because he is a guy that he's got 22 touchdowns in the last two seasons, which is more than anyone in the NFL. He's a red zone threat. Uh, he's a big play threat. His footwork. It, it is. It's phenomenal. If you ever get a chance to just watch cutups of uh, Devonte Adams getting off the line of scrimmage, it's a thing of beauty. I don't, I think you could stack him up with just about anybody in the league in that fa- for that facet of his game. I love the way he's gotten better too. He's he came in as just like this fade machine. That's really all he ran well his rookie year, and now he 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 really does everything well. So I'd say Devonte Adams is slightly underrated. Andy, yeah, I actually had written uh, in my notes slightly, 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 ever so slightly overrated. But uh, Jake actually convinced me, and I just hope, uh, regardless of anything else, I hope defenses continue to believe that uh, he's not the player that he actually is. He's a ridiculously good route runner. I 100% agree with Jake on that. And uh, there were times last year early in the season when I was breaking down the tape that he was open consistently. And unfortunately, there were times where because Nelson was still his kind of go-to receiver, Rodgers was looking to Nelson on the play. I remember two or three games specifically where uh, Devontae Adams would come open a handful of times. Rodgers was looking at Nelson. Rodgers was looking at Nelson. And then, of course, the next play, Rodgers would look at Adams. And, of course, it was like the one time that Devontae Adams was covered. It was just kind of a streak of bad luck for the first few games of the season. But uh, And then, unfortunately, Rodgers got hurt. Hunley came in, and uh, Adams still dominated. He was still fantastic. But I'm so excited to watch Adams play uh, with Rodgers for a full season, knock on wood, they're both going to be healthy all year. And uh, he's going to put up, you know, he hasn't had that thousand yard season yet, which is why I was going with ever so slightly uh, overrated, but he's going to put up 1400 plus yards if they both stay healthy this year. I'm going slightly underrated because I feel like this guy is going to break out. You know, he had 22 touchdowns in the last two years, but when you watch him in the red zone, he is so scary and the footwork is just incredible. So I'm really excited to see what he could do. Number one receiver. Speaking about that, Aaron Jones out for two games. So guess what? We got to go back to Ty Montgomery again and Jamal Williams. But Ty Montgomery, underrated or overrated? 
Ty Montgomery is underrated, mm-hmm. and uh, I actually believe that he is going to lead the Packers running backs in total yards from scrimmage this year. I have a ton of confidence in him, and I'm ready to put to bed forever. the Well, Ty Montgomery should move back to slot receiver. He's better. No, he's a running back. He is a running back through and through. He's better at running back, and uh, I think he's going to really prove that this year. Jacob, real quick. Overrated. I think he gets a lot of attention because he switched from receiver and he wears number 88. All That's right. my take on him. Now to our final one here, really quick here. This is going to be the easiest question of the entire night. Aaron Rodgers, underrated or overrated? Quick. Best player in the world. He, he can never be overrated, never can be overappreciated. He's always going to be underrated. You can't give him enough praise. <laughs> Andy. Rest in peace, my mentions. I am going to go with that Aaron Rodgers is ever so slightly overrated. And here's my here's my reasoning. And I'm gonna I'm gonna buffer this as much as I possibly can. He's the best player in the league. He's the best quarterback to ever play. He's the quarterback that you want on your team today. He's the best in the world. Don't get me wrong. However, uh, in 2011 and 2014, he put together two seasons that were not human. Uh, it was the greatest thing that you know we've ever seen. And over the course of the last three seasons, he hasn't been able to play up to that level. Um, And I think there's people who still believe that he's playing specifically at the levels that he put on tape in 2011 and 2014. His pro football focus grades, if you want to look at those, 92.6 was his highest uh, or one of his highest in 2014. The other was in 2011. Only had a 77.6 in 2015 and a 79.2 in 2017. He had five back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back seasons of 65% or better uh, passing. Uh, it was only 60.7 in 2015 and below uh, under 65% again in uh, 2017. Uh, his 2.5% interception ratio was the highest of his career last year, as I mentioned. Yards per attempt have gone down almost every single year since 2011, um, including only 7.1 in 2015 and 7.2 in 2017. Yards per completion... Uh, 13.5 in 2011 was only at 10.9 last season, the lowest since his very first year as a starter. He had six straight seasons of 100-plus quarterback rating, uh, only 92.7 in 2015 and 97.2 last year. And and beyond the numbers statistically, I just have seen him make uh, a couple plays or miss a couple throws that, again, in those seasons, he would never, ever, ever miss. He was automatic. So, Greatest player on the planet, best quarterback on earth. Don't get me wrong. He's phenomenal. There's nobody else I'd rather have at quarterback. But I think people still think that he's the exact same player he was from those two seasons where he was completely uh, out of this world level that should have never been attainable. And I think he's just taken a very, very slight dip from that. So that's my justification. I am going slightly overrated because no longer the Packers can be a one-man team, according to the national media. So (laughs) slightly overrated. Let's prove that wrong here. Gentlemen, always a great time here on Pack-A-Day. I know we kind of went a little bit over time here, but we got what we needed done here. Andy Herman, Jacob Morley, it was a pleasure, you Packer fans out there, to listen to this 24-7, the 65-day-a-year Pack-A-Day podcast. I'm Jake Turner. We'll be back with more come tomorrow. See you next time. Six seconds to go. Ball just outside the four. Roger shotgun looks to his right. Snap to A-Rod. Throws right side. Yes! Touchdown! And a dagger! The dagger to Andrew Paulus on the right side! Aaron pointing to the right now. Gets the snap. Looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Leaping right yes! to Patrick Adams. Yes! Touchdown Green Bay! A spectacular throw and catch! 
Rodgers from the 42 New York, fourth down and two. Snapped A-Rod. Looking downfield, scrambles right. Now, winds up, rainbows into the end zone. It is caught. Yes. 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 